and welcome to Homeschoolhood, the show and community where we talk about all things education and parenthood and the beautiful mess where they intersect homeschool. I'm Erica Ladd, former public school teacher and parent turned homeschool mom to my two elementary age daughters. I never thought we'd homeschool, but we accidentally fell in love with it this past year and haven't looked back. Whether you homeschool or not, my hope is that you find encouragement, practical ideas, and some real talk about raising and educating tiny humans here on Homeschoolhood. This episode, we're going to get deep and a little personal. Um, It is National Adoption Month in November. And as you probably know, we adopted both of our girls from foster care. They've been with us since Julia was almost two and Vanessa was three and a half. We finalized their adoption in December of 2016, almost two years later. And as you can imagine, beginning parenting traumatized children at those ages had its challenges. The system had its challenges. Becoming their mom was the hardest and most beautiful thing I've ever done, hands down. So I want to talk about that journey with you a bit today and specifically how homeschool has been surprisingly healing and restorative for our relationship. Before we get into that, I want to just encourage you to check out my Instagram and follow me over there at LadErica, L-A-D-D-E-R-I-C-A. Especially this time of year, I'm going to be sharing all kinds of great books and games that might make great gifts, fun holiday ideas, and what we're doing for Christmas school, which is what we do the month leading up to Christmas instead of our regular curriculum. So all kinds of good stuff coming over there, plus puppy pics and videos. You know, we got a puppy last month. So there's plenty of cuteness over there of her also. Okay, I'm going to talk for a minute about what was hard for me personally about becoming a mother in the way that I did. But I want to start by saying that the good for sure outweighed the bad, even when I couldn't see it. So my girls were, from the beginning, absolutely adorable. We were immediately in love. They had an astounding amount of trust and openness toward us considering what they had been through. They were so willing and able to attach to us, which is not always the case. Our adoption agency was incredible and so were our social workers and lawyers. I want to make sure everyone knows that the hard does not make me for one second regret anything and our story is all the more beautiful for it and I know it could have been even harder. So I would do it all over again in a heartbeat Our girls were and are so very wanted and loved and worth fighting for. And yet it was hard. And I want to be honest about that also. So here are some of the reasons it was hard. Number one is just trauma. Kids moving from one home to another, no matter what has gone on in the in the background, um, is traumatic. Obviously, kids are put into foster care for not so great reasons. And no matter what no matter what either of those homes are like, being removed from your home is traumatic. So imagine if you, if your own two and three and a half year old had to suddenly go live with somebody else, there's going to be things that go along with that that are difficult. Another thing that was hard was just me figuring out how to be a mom with two very aware and traumatized kids. So I didn't get to start at newborn where I could (laughs) cry myself, you know, silly while I was breastfeeding or something and they might not know the difference, but I was figuring it all out and we were growing together, right? Like they were already very aware, very, um, came with a lot of their own feelings. And so it was, 
it was hard to navigate that with two kids that, you know, kind of knew what was going on or, or at the level they could understand it at least. Um, something else that was personally really hard for me was just that so much of the adoption process, especially in the foster care system, but really overall, it just was so much of it was out of our control, right? There are social workers and lawyers involved. There is necessary, but invasive oversight in the mix. And sometimes that made it hard for bonding on my end when I needed to ask permission for everything. I feel like um, I put walls up sometimes because everything was so up in the air and I didn't feel like I could fully just like be their mom, even though I had all the responsibilities of their mom. Um, Another complicating factor was just the legal stuff, right? Without going into any real specific details, our adoption case got very complicated and was not at all what we or anyone else involved was really expecting. So what was supposed to be a six-month start-to-finish probably adoption process took almost two years with a lot of scary ups and downs in the process. Um, Coming to realize now that that was not as, you know, unordinary <laughs> as we thought at the time. I mean, I bet anybody who has adopted from foster care has similar story. Um, but yeah, I don't think I fully realized until the process was done and I could breathe um, the toll that it had taken on me and where my mental health was at the time, how that had affected my ability to bond. For anybody going through this process or thinking about it, I would say find yourself a good therapist now and stick with it. Um we got therapy on and off throughout the process, but it wasn't super consistent and it we didn't really get established with anybody. And I really wish I would have. Um, there were things about the process that made that feel hard at the time, but it would have been more beneficial. Um, so that's a little bit about what was hard. Now, the reason I'm starting there is because I think when the pandemic hit, I had this experience of going through this foster care process to draw on. We can do hard things, right? I had learned that the very hard way. Um, And this time I really wanted to parent in a way that I was proud of through this hard season. So I remember just very vividly thinking, okay, what strengths do I bring to this situation? Okay. I'm a teacher obviously. So, and I, and we're already set up thankfully and luckily in a position where I could be home with the girls manage their virtual learning first, and then make some decisions that summer of 2020 about what we wanted this to look like going forward. Um, We finally could fully make decisions that were best for our family. And we did. Having been in a position already with our family where we were not fully in control of the decisions and what was best for our kids, We saw this for what it was, which was an opportunity to do that. And we took full advantage of that. So this time I knew we would have a very similar situation where there was a lot happening that was out of our control. And I had that experience of our adoption to draw on and I could choose to focus on what I could control, which was deciding to homeschool my kids. Again, at the time, um, fall of 2020, they were second and third grade, uh, which were actually the most recent grades I had taught, third grade and then second grade for a year. So I felt like I could bring that strength to to the table and... Um, you know, really kind of take the bull by the horns. And so that's where our homeschool decision came from. But it's also where like I felt 
I felt like it was a very redemptive moment from feeling so out of control with our adoption to like, okay, this is another really hard season of parenting a few years later, and this time I get a say. And so homeschool afforded me that say and that opportunity that I was so grateful for. So another thing that that really stuck out to me is this time I could protect them. And I don't mean necessarily from the virus. We ended up having COVID, you know, it's a virus. Uh, It doesn't care. (laughs) But from some of the chaos around schools, going back and forth between virtual and in-person, having to quarantine, all all of the things, right? And And I'm sure so many of you can relate to the fact that kids have been caught in the middle of so many adult decisions, so many adult arguments and... Uh, adult panic and adult lack of responsibility. And so I knew that that instability in the school system right now, I just feel so much for teachers and administrators and the decisions that they're making and still making uh, here in 2021. I knew that that instability would be much harder on my girls, especially having been in the foster care system and had to deal with a lot of instability early on in life than just making the big change and being home and safe and stable. And it felt really good to provide that for them. So the pandemic gave me that opportunity to, now that our adoption was obviously finalized, to really make decisions for my family that worked and be able to protect them and shield them from some of that chaos and stress happening in the school system. I want to talk a little bit about how exactly homeschool has brought us closer and been really healing in my relationship with my girls in particular. As I've talked about earlier, I think that the adoption process was very stressful. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, and I was envisioning at the beginning, like, you know, these just soaking up those couple years that I had with them before they started school and really bonding, and it just felt like the stress of the situation got in the way for me personally. There was a lot of good that came out of that time, but it was really, really hard. So I feel like one of the ways that homeschool has really been healing has been to give us back time together. By the time the adoption case was finalized, it was already time to register Vanessa for kindergarten. And I felt a little bit like, wait a minute, we're just getting started. Like we just got the stress of this adoption case out of the way. And I wasn't there for the first few super formative years of their life. And then when I was there and staying home with them, we were also fairly all traumatized, right? So it literally feels like it has slowed down the clock and given me time back to pour into them and our relationship, this homeschool opportunity. I mentioned this earlier in my episode about why we homeschool and kind of the benefits that we're seeing. And I I think another thing about it is that it's very tangible daily thing to connect over. We're establishing this like stronger family culture and creating more memories together because we have all this time together and these these learning opportunities that we're connecting over, books that we're tying to memories, little field trips we take, conversations we're having throughout the day. So that has, it's just been cool to have this, this thing that kind of connects us. Also, I feel like I'm now parenting out of the best parts of me, the parts that were a strength you know, I was a teacher. I knew I know how to do this. this. These are things that I'm genuinely passionate about. And I think whenever we're parenting out of our strengths and our passions and using those to connect with our kids, we're in a better place. So it's been nice this time around, again, kind of redemptive for me personally to feel like I am parenting now in a way that I feel very proud of, Where, whereas throughout the whole adoption process, 
necessarily some of it was just like survival based. So I love that I feel like we're thriving now. Homeschool also gives them space to just be themselves and kind of extends their childhood a bit, right? Like they have already been through more than some of us will ever go through in our lifetime uh, very early on in life. And with that often comes for kids in the system, growing up too fast, being worried about things that kids shouldn't have to be. So bringing learning back home has taken a lot of the other pressures off of them and been so good for them to be who they are and to be kids and to be silly and not worry about some of the things that come with um, being in school and the extra pressure. We're pushing kids, you know, it was something I didn't feel good about even as a teacher. I just feel like we're pushing kids faster and harder. And now there's this emphasis on catching them up, whatever that even means, because everybody's behind from the pandemic. But I don't, I don't think we're taking into account some of the most important things, which is their childhood and their emotional development and where they're at cognitively. Just, you can't, you can only push, you can't push kids that far past their own development, right? So I just feel really good about giving them some breathing room there and a little bit longer to be kids. So homeschool has given us the ability to redeem some lost years uh, for me to parent in a way that I'm proud of and something super daily to connect over um, and have meaningful conversation over that I am just so grateful for and has been very healing in the in the process of becoming and, and continuing to grow into a family, right? So I just think that it's been a blessing. Okay, now it's time for a little segment I like to call homeschool hack. This one, I mean, some of these might apply to parents who don't homeschool, but this is mostly for you homeschooling parents out there. This is a homeschool hack that I learned from Arlene at Arlene and Company on Instagram. And she, what she does, because we have a lot of PDF printables, right? This would be great for classroom teachers too. We have a lot of curriculum or little... um you know, like little unit studies or things like that, that is in a PDF printable. And then we end up with like stapled together copies everywhere or a big bulky binder. And what she does is keep all of her PDF printables in one kind of deconstructed disc planner. So she gets, if you've seen these happy planners that are like the disc binding system, um, she gets one like on clearance that she likes the cover of. And then there's a happy planner hole puncher that punches these holes so that you can take pages in and out very easily. And then she keeps like all of her printable PDF unit studies and curriculum guides in one like master teacher planner, right? So we don't have all these little books to keep track of or booklets to keep track of. So I just thought that was genius. It's what I've been doing. I'm going to put my Christmas unit in there. Um, I have our Brave Writer units as we use them in there. So I love that tip. And Arlene is fantastic on Instagram. If you're a homeschooling mom or dad and need some tips and some organization, and she does a ton of like planner and curriculum reviews, highly recommend. Okay, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to let you know, if you ever have any questions about adoption or foster care, I would love to share with you our experience. It is the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. And although hard has brought more joy and beauty than I thought possible. And I think often people don't even realize this is an option for building a family. And so many kids need us. There are lots of ways to be involved, even if you're not in the position to foster or adopt. We have a child welfare crisis in this country that's 
only been exacerbated by the pandemic. So I would love to answer any questions you have if you need to send me an email or a DM. Remember, you can connect with me on Instagram. I am at Lad Erica over there. Um, and then find the show notes for this episode with links to anything I mentioned in your podcast player. And I would also love to hear from you or answer any questions over on email. Send me an email at hellohomeschoolhood at gmail.com. Until next time, remember you are your child's first and most important teacher and you've got this.